0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, January 6th, 2022. I love worshiping God by singing with His people. I, I love uh, specifically singing worship songs With my church family, Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, whether I'm leading the worship or whether I'm standing with the congregation, I love hearing our voices raised with songs celebrating what God has done. And one thing I love about a lot of the songs that we sing or just the songs I've grown up singing, whether it's the hymns of my childhood or... Songs I learned in college or have led in worship throughout the years is how much the lyrics of these songs um, bring us back to the gospel. And, and they celebrate what God has done for us through Jesus Christ, through the cross, and through the resurrection. Well, today we're going to look at something, and I guess it's not technically a song, it's really a a prophecy from Zechariah, but it's kind of set apart. You you see it looks poetic, even how it's written there in the Bible, And, and I want us to see how even this prophecy, even the lyrics of this song, so to speak, Bring us back to the gospel, and I want that to be highlighted for us, and I want our hearts to be filled with joy, celebrating what God has done for us through Jesus Christ today. We're reading in the New Testament, Luke one 57 through 80. So again, we're going through chronologically. We started with, uh, you know, some of the genealogies and backstory, but now we're really getting into the birth uh, narrative of Christ. And we've been cruising really through Luke chapter one. We saw the foretelling of John the Baptist. Being born, uh, the foretelling of Jesus' birth to Mary. We saw Mary's response with Elizabeth, who's the mother of John the Baptist. And now we get to the birth of John the Baptist. And it seems that there's this episode of relatives saying, no, you should call him Zechariah after his father and mom sticking firm and saying, no, we're going to call him John because that's what we were told to do. That's what the angel told Zechariah to do. And finally, they somehow communicate with uh, Zechariah and he writes on a tablet uh, saying his name is John. And it's at that point that his mouth is opened, remember, kind of as a mild rebuke uh, and, and a sign that this child would come. He was not able to speak from that time in the temple when the angel told him about the birth until now. So that's a period, if you're doing the math, of probably about nine or ten months that he could not speak. And now his mouth is opened. And what does he say? Well, he reads this, uh, really comes, says this prophecy. And let me read it for you now, starting in verse 68. It says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. And so he gives this prophecy... And I want us to see how the gospel really, we use that word a lot, the gospel really comes back to the good news. That's what gospel means, really the good news of Jesus, our King, who has died on the cross for our sins and risen from the dead. And here we're reminded kind of of where the gospel comes from, the source of the gospel, and he goes back all the way to the promises of God. He talks about he's raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Now, just a reminder, Zechariah is not of the house of David, nor is John the Baptist. Zechariah is from the tribe of Levi. He is a priest, so he's not talking about himself, and he's not talking about his son here. He's talking about this other baby that's going to be born, Jesus. And this baby is going to be a fulfillment of what God spoke to his holy prophets from of old. And that's where we're just starting the Old Testament right now, but maybe you read through the Bible with us last year and we see all over it things that point forward to this coming Messiah. And even this year, although we are But six days into the year, we have already seen this going back to Genesis 3 and the seed of the woman who is going to crush the head of the snake, right? All the way back to those times, it is pointing forward to this Messiah. And so we praise God that his scripture has always pointed to the redemption that would come through Jesus Christ. And this song also reminds us really of The goal of the gospel, when it talks about in verse 74, that we might be delivered from the hand of our enemies and serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. Now, we must think carefully about works and what role they play with salvation, because one thing the Bible makes crystal clear is we are not saved by our works. Nobody is, nobody can be, no one is good, not even one. But one thing the Bible also shows us while we are not saved by our works, we are saved for good works. Even just think of Ephesians 2.10, we are created in Christ Jesus for good works. That salvation, as we're even going to see in a couple verses is so much about the forgiveness of sin uh, through Jesus Christ. There's more to the story than that, that God has saved us for a purpose. And really the goal of our lives as people that have been forgiven and redeemed should be this, that because we know who Jesus is, because we know of this baby who is the king, we can serve God without fear. We don't need to be afraid of anything else. And so we can focus on serving him in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And that even just reminded me of how Job was described in our reading yesterday and how even when God seemingly took everything from him, he was still focused on, well, serving God in righteousness and in holiness. And that should be the goal of our lives. But also we're reminded again, that's not just something we can do. That is not something that earns our salvation that flows from our salvation. And we're reminded really of the means of the gospel. And that was about this baby and John the Baptist. He was going to be the prophet of the most high. And even there, that's a statement of the deity of Christ. Cause he's pointing to Jesus, another man, but he is the most high. Uh, but he's trying to point people to Jesus and give people the knowledge of salvation in the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high. That sunrise is talking about the Messiah, Jesus Christ. He has um, like the sun rising and he is the one giving forgiveness of sins. It all flows from him and what he has done. And again, you see it's Not just about the forgiveness of sins, but the freedom from our sins. Because in verse 79, it talks about how he gives us light and he guides our feet into this different path, into the way of peace. So as you read this today, I really want you to celebrate the gospel, to sing a gospel song in your own heart, praising God for his faithfulness, for keeping his promises, seeking God really with the goal of the gospel that I want to now serve you in righteousness and in holiness and praising God for the means of the gospel, that none of this is about us, our works are uh, earning anything. It's because of the forgiveness and freedom that flow from Jesus Christ. Worship God for these things today. Let's also jump back to the Old Testament and continue on in the story of Job because now we get into the interactions between Job and his so-called friends. And we're going to see the first back and forth today with a friend named Eliphaz. And we need to point out the error of Eliphaz's ways here. Uh, And as you read chapters 4 and 5 especially, you see the main thrust of it is, Job, you must have done something wrong. Because if you were righteous, you wouldn't be having these problems. And I want you to carefully read through these chapters and realize that's wrong. That's not true. That goes against what we said yesterday that you were going to suffer because this is saying, well, no, if you follow God, you won't suffer. So notice even the Bible is showing that is not true. It is not true that if you follow God, you will not suffer. But you need to look. Eliphaz, he seems to take some things out of context. Even in chapter five, he says, behold, blessed is the one whom God reproves. Therefore, despise not the discipline of the Almighty. That verse all by itself is gloriously true. Sometimes our suffering is caused by our sin. That's not never true. But Eliphaz is trying to say that's always true. And if you're ever suffering, it must be because of sin. And that is just not true. Although he, so that's where you need to look. And even we need to check our own hearts and even watch our own counsel. Because basically what Eliphaz is doing, he's giving Job the prevailing wisdom of the day instead of what is really true about God. And even though there's some true things about God mixed in there, it's really more of the prevailing wisdom of the day. So when you are looking for comfort or giving comfort, is it the prevailing wisdom of the day or is it carefully thought out real truth about God? And that's what we see in chapters four and five. And in chapters six and seven, we're going to see really more of Job's lament, more of Job's suffering, and well, he hasn't been told anything so far that's really going to help him out, but I'm really excited to continue going through Job and hope that it helps us think biblically about suffering, and again, we can rejoice today even in the suffering of Jesus Christ on our behalf and sing that gospel song in our hearts because of the forgiveness and freedom that flow from Jesus Christ, this sunrise from on high that has visited us.